I've found over and over again that these people know the struggle of entrepreneurs. Like, for example, they understand why we charge this much and they get paid this much because there's so many expenses that they don't see because they've gone through that. They pay themselves a specific amount because there's so many other expenses that they don't see. They're able to understand the value of value of being able to, just because you're doing this doesn't mean that this is the only result. It becomes a long-term thing. So I find that hiring these kinds of people who have a side hustle and know that it's a side hustle for them has been very interesting, especially since I hired a lot of them during the pandemic where they lost their job, started the side hustle, but no, the side hustle wasn't enough. So then they're looking for another job. So it's just that fun balance of finding people who have the entrepreneur mindset, but they also know the mindset of having multiple streams of income. Welcome to the Unlearn Podcast, where host Barry O'Reilly seeks to synthesize the superpowers of extraordinary individuals to think big, start small, and learn fast. Here's your host, Barry O'Reilly. Welcome to the Unlearn Podcast. On this show, I'm delighted to be joined by Leanne Liat Lacabo, CEO and co-founder of 2XU, an outsourcing company that specializes in hiring, managing, and growing remote executive assistance for solopreneurs and small business owners. Now, Leanne is the force of nature. She's been working and starting businesses from the age of 15, published her first book at 18, and became a CEO at 20. Partnered with her boss to start 2XU, the executive services at 23, and aims to help 10,000 entrepreneurs grow remotely, and 1 million Filipinos work from home. Her ambitions are matched by her talents. She has also a coaching brand on YouTube where she trains virtual assistants how to work from home. She's an international speaker, content creation monster, whose blog and YouTube channel are just phenomenal. It's been a pleasure working with her over the last number of years to help scale my own business. So in this show, I was delighted to get her to come and share some of her experiences around entrepreneurism, business building, helping solopreneurs and small business owners scale their own business especially around remote working and virtual assistance. So before we dive into the talk, let's figure out how she got started on her own journey to entrepreneurism. I didn't start working from home when I was 15 years old. I was doing freelance writing as I was getting started with college. Because you're in the Philippines at that time, that was kind of the thing was early college at 15. And then, so I did go through the process of working from home my whole life, literally. And then when when I had the feeling that I wanted to do a service-based business, I really wanted to make it intentional where I could teach people who were really talented or really smart to think like entrepreneurs without having to, because I know that it's not for everyone. I had a couple of key lessons that I learned early on when I also got to the point where I was running, I was basically an outsourced CEO myself for a book publishing company for a while. And I had so many lessons to learn from that. And so when I wanted to go into 2XU, I wanted to apply basically what I learned and have people skip all of the mistakes that I went through, through the, the assistant business and like helping the one, one thing that I've been liking to use is just empowering assistants to empower the entrepreneur. And like that, that itself is the basis of a lot of what I do. And I focus on inside of 2XU. Yeah. So 2XU in itself is a phenomenal business that you built really yourself, right? Like I think from being this sort of mini CEO for other people's businesses, really, and helping them scale it, recognizing mm-hmm. that that was a business that you could actually build yourself, I think was sort of an aha moment. Like, what was the day that can you remember when you were sitting there going, you know what, I can actually create a business here doing what I'm doing in this company for other people. What was the aha moment for you? 
there was a year in 2018 where it was all I was doing for free. Like uh, friends would just come over to me and say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, so-and-so. I'm looking for this marketing position. I'm looking for this uh, graphic position. And since I was also coaching a lot of people how to work from home, I just had connections also of like, oh yeah, we can connect you to this person. And then I was like, connect you to this person. And then it wasn't until like, because 2XU was originally a course, one of our students came over to me and like, I like what you're teaching, but I don't want to do this myself. Can you guys do this for me? And I was like, yes. And because I was like, I've been doing this for free. <laughs> I should get to the point where, where I'm actually charging for this. So that was the, the aha moment of like, yeah, we've been doing this for free. And I'm just been kind of connecting people to who I knew. And then I got to the point of like, yeah, we can, we can do this as a business. So that's kind of how 2X2 got started. Yeah, I love stories like that, right? Because it's one of the most important things about entrepreneurs and building businesses is, you know, sometimes I think you have to, not that you have to do it for free, but by doing something like yourself and understanding how it works and what the bottlenecks are and ways to solve the problem, probably manually, that often becomes like this recognition, right? Like you're learning what systems work, Mm -hmm. what don't, mistakes, the activating your network in a different way. And One of the things that sort of has really blew me away when I met you is you are a badass at building systems. Like even when I met you, (laughs) before we even sat down to like talk about what I thought I might need for a business, you just had so many templates for me to think to like tools for me to actually really think about what I needed and categorize. So by the time I first met you, I'd done all these exercises where I had discovered things that I hadn't even thought about that I might need to consider or not consider, Mm. which was just a really great onboarding experience, especially when we had never actually met each other or worked together. So tell me a little bit about how you learned to create some of these systems that really not only demonstrate what it's like working with you, but really set the expectations, I think, of what great remote work looks like and ways to collaborate with people digitally when you've never met them. I think for me, it did come from being that outsourced CEO for, I think it, I did that for about three years where I was hiring editors, I was graphic, hiring graphic artists all online. And with that, I kind of really got to the point where I find the system. Like I was able to create, like I had interview questions already ready. I had, I had ways where I could auto-reject people because they didn't follow a certain instruction. So it was those three years where I was just hiring people left and right to build a publishing company. And that I was able to really refine that point. And then when we were creating 2XU as a course, then of course, then I was able to break down what I was doing step-by-step step because then I was teaching it through like a proper presentation. When, we did, when I did live trainings, that was another. So basically, like even the year that I did like the free hiring for different people, I was already refining everything else because I was showing other people like, oh, we can do this better. Like, oh, that was a mistake. Okay, let's re- redo this again. So it was a lot of testing and a lot of rediscovering things that I already knew and then looking at different ways that it could be better. And like with working with people remotely, like I said, that's been most of my career life and then business life. So it was kind of easy to make that shift of, okay, these are usual mistakes that people forget when you're working online. These are things that people usually don't see when you're not working in the same office. Okay, how can we fix that? How can we make that better? So then it's a smoother transition as they're getting started. So let's share a little bit of some of these tips for folks, right? I think for people who are either looking to scale their business to start working with uh, remote teams or bring in uh, virtual support and assistance and administration, what are some of you think the key things that need to be unlearned about how to do that and relearn to do it really well? I have a whole list, um, but I think yeah, I guess... Yeah, no, I know, I know uh, you do. That's <laughs> what I want you to share. Yeah, go. 
the top three focuses that I usually talk to clients about is first one is don't think of your people as unicorns. Like don't expect them to know too many things at once right away. I've seen that mistake all the time. We're like, oh, my assistant or my team can do admin, can do content, can do like right off the bat. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to overwhelm them. You're going to make them sick of you. You're going to make them mad at you. And you're going to also be mad at them because you set too high of a bar. So that's the first thing I always teach is like, make sure that you guys are on the same page when it comes to delegating the right tasks. So that's basically what it's down to is before you even hire, which you went through the process of figuring out what tasks can you realistically give to someone? Because then you are making sure that when they get onboarded, they're not as stressed. You're not as stressed. Like one of the mistakes I usually see, people hire right away for sales because people usually don't like sales calls. But I'm like, no, that's going to hurt your business because that's a point of making money and then you're giving it to someone else. So assess really what are the tasks to give to someone else are the first ones where it doesn't impact your business as much, but they're routine. They still need to get done in the background. So that's the first one is don't think of your people as unicorns. They're not going to be able to do everything or know everything. The second one is basically just making sure that there's documentation, especially when you're working all online, is if you are working with someone who you can't see if you don't have the, the systems that have, you can't see their screen, you can't see what they're working on, at least have them document what they're doing. So either that's a daily report that they send or they create standard operating procedures for your business. So they have a checklist of like, if, if there was a typhoon, you can take over their tasks for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so setting up for those pitfalls. Or if they had to leave all of a sudden, at least you have some documentation of what are the things that they were doing. So that's something that's, that's super important online that people usually miss. And the last big one is just building out Basically, just miscommunication because you didn't put in the effort to actually work on the relationship. You just kind of expected them to figure things out or you didn't give clear enough instructions. One of the things I always say to clients is it's your responsibility. It's your fault when there's a lack of clarity. When your assistant doesn't know what to do next, that's actually your fault. If they don't have the tools or resources, that's still your fault. Yeah, they could have researched and looked up resources, but it's still going to have to match your expectations. So that's still something that as the employer, you have to take responsibility for is for building that relationship and building communication channels. So you guys are able to develop and actually have a work relationship rather than you're just throwing something at someone who's far away. <laughs> These are such great points that you're making, you know, and you're reminding me of my own experience, right? Starting to work with you and Sham, who's basically now runs my entire business, right? And is amazing. Right? She, we, she's turned into a unicorn over time in many ways. Mm -hmm. Your point is so right. I thought the exercise you met, made me go through when we first met of actually like listing out all the tasks in my business and which ones do, you know, do I need to focus on? Which ones are ones we could automate? Which are ones that I could start to hand off to people? And almost thinking of that then as a backlog, right? On day one, it wasn't a case of, right, I've got 50 tasks. These mm -hmm. 25 are yours, you know, and these are 25 are mine and everything's great. You know, like that sort of starting with one and like learning how to do that well. I think actually one of the first tasks we started off with was actually the podcast or the production system of getting like reaching out to guests for the show and helping them actually prepare for the show and getting the show notes done and like learning this standard operating procedure, like documenting it as we did it, right? So that was really yeah. interesting because as we did podcasts, then we did blogs, then we did newsletters, then we did... Jump by jump. And it, it just started like building up not only this ways of collaborating, 
because we could sit down at the end of each week and say, right, like what went well about that? What didn't go well? How do we improve the process? And I think there's so much to be said about that. You know, I think it, it is such a collaborative effort to like get the best out of everybody in the team. And I think thinking big about everything you want to change, but starting small and then scaling up over time as you build the rapport, as you build the systems has been a huge aha for me too. Now, as you say, like 18 months later, like so much stuff happens in my business now that I have nothing to do with because the team know how to run everything and it's a joy to watch, right? And they call me out on things when I'm late for stuff or if I haven't done something or they... Managing you. Exactly. You know, and Mm -hmm. it's I think it's very fascinating just to watch how that process goes about. So tell me a little bit more though, Because that's like just getting people started anyway, like as they start to embrace uh, working in this way. But I think one of the things that also really struck me a lot about your system is the amount of mentoring and coaching you actually provide your team to help them improve in their jobs, as well as as someone like me who has a team from your company. So talk a little bit about, you know, the sort of communities of practice you've built within your own company and even how different team members are working and sharing with each other internally, because I think that's really fascinating. Well, for me, it started with the coaching and the mentoring. I knew that was going to be a big, big part of it. So like the way I was usually introduced to XU is we specialize in hiring, managing and growing EAs. And the growing part is the biggest chunk of that, because when it came to me, when I was learning to become an entrepreneur, I was really lucky that my mentor, Tom, he really walked me through on how to become a CEO and how to think in that way. So then I I literally just took everything that he taught me in the last three years, but at that point when I started to XU and organized it in the way of like, okay, this is going to be this book and this course and this TED Talk, for example, will really help this kind of mindset. So it helped me focus on the soft skills instead of the hard skills, because then I believe that you can always teach people anything, but it has to start with their character. So that's where the mentoring kind of comes from is me focusing on what are the ways that I can have you think like an entrepreneur. So then it's easier for you to help your client empowering the, the executive assistants, because then it, it helps them kind of gain confidence and courage to keep showing up. And then on the other side, the and it was actually really beautiful watching it, the EA community, they started because of the way that I was coaching and teaching them, they started coaching each other. And it became this thing where they were helping each other out. It was funny because their group chat, their EA group chat, I'm not even a part of it because they lovingly even started it earlier last year when my mom passed away. They started it to make a group chat so then they could all like send me flowers for my mom uh, because I was in another province. That's how that group chat started. And now it just kind of exploded to this community of theirs where they're asking questions. I see it from time to time. Like they'll, they'll send me screenshots of what's going on in the group chat. And it's mostly them kind of helping each other out because a lot of the time an assistant could be going through something that someone went through like three months ago with their client or something that they learned. So they're kind of just exchanging resources. And of course, everyone else has access to our tools and resources and our SOPs instead of 2XU. So everyone literally has a behind the scenes of like how we build 2XU. So then when they're looking at that, they can remodel that into their client, whatever their client's business is. So it's kind of become a three-pronged of like, they have me, they have the team, and they have all of the tools and resources and they started operating procedures to be able to confidently keep moving forward, even when they have no idea what they're really doing at the start. Yeah, well, it shines. It's one of the things that's really stood out to me too as well is that you have this sort of like community of people as well. And often if 
one of the team doesn't know what we need, they'll just say, yeah, hang on, let me let me connect with this other that might the community and then they come back with better answers than I ever, mm-hmm. you ever could have thought of yourself. Right. And I think that's really fascinating. And so, you know, remote work especially has exploded, you know, especially over the last two years. What have been some of the surprising things for someone who has been working in this way for, you know, many, many years? What did you see or have you noticed as one of maybe the unique sort of changes or things that surprised you over the last two years that maybe you didn't anticipate you think you'd ever see? Or what have been some of those key learnings for you that as more of the world really has sort of adopted a remote working and learning how to do it in many ways? I guess the biggest, two biggest ones, I guess. First one would be how the community was built. Like it was very interesting for me watching because I was invited a lot in different Facebook groups or different remote groups and uh, invited as a speaker, how supportive everyone was and how people kind of really gathered together. It could be Filipino culture or I've, I've also seen like other international groups who did that of like how everyone was willing to share resources, how willing, like there's a whole TikTok channel dedicated to like hacks for virtual assistants or hacks for tools that you never didn't know exist in the internet. So that was one that was really fun to watch because I was used to just working on my own. I was used to finding the resources on my own. And then as I started watching these different groups, it was fun to see that people wanted to help each other because they knew how it felt to be alone and to have to figure things out on their own. So that was one that was really fun. And the second one was how easy it was to actually turn a company remote. Like even if something that they were so used to being in an office, they were so used to seeing each other every day of how quickly it could be that turning remote actually one, cut down first cut down costs and two, cut down meetings because then they're like, oh yeah, we can just send an email about that instead of having to waste you know, two hours in a conference room talking about this. Those are the, the two ones. It's like growing that community and being helpful and then how easy it was to switch totally remote. And a lot of people thought that it, was, it could never happen. So the, the community stuff is actually really fascinating to me, right? Because you, you've sort of alluded to this notion of not only interesting platforms like TikTok, but sub groups inside subgroups of TikTok, right? Where, mm-hmm. And, you know, you're really great at this as well. I, you know, when I follow your type of social media where, you know, you share everything you learn, you share back with people, right? Like here's a cool mm-hmm. hack about how to do, you know, a great TikTok video in like 10 seconds. Or how do you communicate, you know, the four most important things about when you're trying to get ready for a remote meeting or I so like it's endless bite-sized, useful and impactful content, right? So, and I think it's one of these sort of, when people see what you're doing, they're like, wow, how do you, how do you have time to do that? How do you make that happen? It it probably seems overwhelming to amount people to make that happen. So how do you find these groups? What's the way you've sort of navigated them to find the good from the bad and then put a lot of the tips into practice? So on how to find the groups, that one, most of it is the algorithm. That's how I found some of the groups is like Facebook would just say like, hey, you should join this group. Some of them have been just recommendations. Like someone will say like, oh, I love this one group. Uh, like one Facebook group that I followed, I remember when they were 80K and now they're like 250,000 people in one group. And it's all just been that organic, like back and forth of referring or recommending people. And then for other, for like finding resources, I always go back to the discernment of if you're going to follow someone or, or listen to what they say, make sure that they have either the thing that you want and know they've been with where you are. So like for a lot of people, like a lot of Filipinos follow me for tips on like how to remote work because they're, they're Filipinos who want to do remote work. So it, go back, it goes back to making sure that the people you're following 
actually knows what they're talking about. Like they have their results. They're not just reading off of a book and then telling you what, what it was. And then they know the struggle basically of where you're at. They're about two, three levels ahead of you. So then you can easily follow. So those are kind of the tips that I usually give to people of whenever they're looking up like resources or people to follow on online. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you want to go on a journey? Go with someone who's been there before, right? I think it's such a mm-hmm. great reminder to all of us, actually. Yeah, it's good. So like looking ahead then, you know, for your own business and where you see the things that really excite me at the moment is just the explosion of entrepreneurialism across the world and people connected, you know, nobody studios, we build teams like, you know, we've engineers in London, designers in Italy, product leaders in uh, North America, right team. Obviously my team is affiliated all over the world between Australia and Philippines and I actually need to get somebody working in Africa, actually. I'll have every uh, somebody in every continent then at that stage. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what are you seeing some of the emerging trends and the things that you're excited about as you look out like a couple of years from now? For just remote work in general or just like entrepreneurship too? Well, I'd love to hear your answer to both those questions. Yeah. For entrepreneurship, because that's one that I was been thinking about, been excited about, because just helping different people. Is just the possibility of having multiple streams of income. So like for some of our assistants, they have their own side business and they enjoy it. They love it. And at the same time, of course, they're in 2XU. So they have these two modes of career and all being done like online. That, that's one that I really love seeing is that empowering people like, oh, no, you don't have to just be stuck in this one job. You can have other streams of income and you can do this and that just because of the explosion of resources and, and being able to do other things. For remote work itself, I guess the biggest one is then people kind of realizing that it's just another shift, basically. It's just a shift from the industrial world into now the remote world of people don't have to show up. People can have a choice if they want to come in or not. People have a choice if a different career. Basically, it's just opening up the possibilities that you are, because you see stories of other people who get out of the job that they want and then that they hated and get into one they want, or people who jump from career into a business and then seeing whether it succeeds or it floats in itself, kind of just inspires people to kind of chase after what they want because they can do it from home, from vacation, from dusty cellar somewhere as long as they have internet. It's just the availability of choice because you see other people have gone through it and survived. I want to actually dive into both these topics a little more with you because I think you said some fascinating things. The first one is a, a real foundational belief that we both have is that the notion of what used to be a side hustle and Don't tell the company you're working in that you have a side hustle or Mm. you're letting the company down if you do anything else other than just come and put all your energy and focus into one company. How that myth is sort of being debunked in many ways, Mm -hmm. you know, the most entrepreneurial, engaged people, not only do they like show up and do their day job or a portion of their, these portfolio lives are really... Mm -hmm. A huge, because we see this in the studio a lot too, right? Like we actually want people who will work like eight hours a week on building a company in its early stages because we don't know if the company is going to take off, right? And Mm -hmm. necessarily want people to take more risk by quitting their their main job or their main source of, as you say, income stream. I think that's a really great way to think about Mm -hmm. it. You know, their secure income stream and doing something highly risky and hoping it works, right? Because that's actually... Mm -hmm not risky. That's really risky. Where this notion of that you can experiment with different careers, hobbies, Mm -hmm. can you turn them into like little businesses and then potentially transition from what you're currently doing to this new business 
just yep. like you did in the early days of your own career, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually a great way to de-risk and be an entrepreneur, right? Is explore many different options and then figure out which one is the best for you or you most enjoy. And I think companies that recognize that, welcome it, encourage it, don't penalize it. Again, that's a more interesting place for great talent to be part of, I believe. So maybe talk a little bit about how you encourage that with your team and some of the side hustles folks are doing. It's always fun to find out how varied they are in the company. So this is the funny thing because I get really excited whenever I see on the resume, business owner. I was like, I want to talk to this person first. So I actually tell our recruitment assistant, I want to interview this person first. Because I've, I've found over and over again that these people know the struggle of entrepreneurs. Like, for example, they understand why we charge this much and they get paid this much because there's so many expenses that they don't see because they've gone through that. They pay themselves a specific amount because there's so many other expenses that they don't see. They're able to understand the value of value of being able to, just because you're doing this doesn't mean that this is the only result. It becomes a long-term thing. So I find that hiring these kinds of people who have a side hustle and know that it's a side hustle for them has been very interesting, especially since I hired a lot of them during the pandemic where they lost their job started the side hustle, but no, the side hustle wasn't enough. So then they're looking for another job. So it's just that fun balance of finding people who have the entrepreneur mindset, but they also know the mindset of having multiple streams of income. So like some of the side hustles, and I fully support them. I like one of them actually is a shower's friend who sells sandals. I bought like four sandals from them last year. And I usually buy just one a year. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Just because like I did fall in love with their product. They did, they're doing really well. Some that we've hired because another perk of being boss is I get free stuff also from my time. So then I've gotten like one of them sells like their own flower pots and they made a caricature of me on it. And like that was pretty cool as a, as a gift. So it's uh, one of them is start, had a coffee business, got inspired by learning a lot of the things that we teach them, is now restarting that coffee business this year. So I'm consulting in, with them also at the same time. So it's more of, and, and it's true what you're saying, like people are, it's a myth that's being debunked of, it doesn't have to be that they're restricted. Like there could be some rules. Like I make sure that they're, whatever their business is, it doesn't overlap with what we, we teach directly. Like if they were a writer, they don't have a writing business. Or if they're a virtual assistant, they don't have a virtual assistant business because that does, you know, it ruins a little bit of the having ideas in the shower kind of thing versus if they had a totally different business other than what their client's business is, then it works better in that way. So there's, I've had to learn how to balance that out. But usually it's pretty fun. And, and for me, I get to nerd out with them. Of like, okay, yeah, if you do this one thing in your business, like, like it could explode. I'm like, yeah, if you do like influencer marketing, like all of that the stuff that I, I get excited about, I get to talk about and collaborate with them. I love it. I think it's brilliant. And, you know, I think more people need to hear these things. That's, that's what makes <laughs> it so fun. You know, so just in takeaways then. So for anyone, when they're starting out on this path, if you can think back to like what, before you met me and you imagine I'm sitting here thinking like, how do I do this? What's the right way to do it? What advice would you give people who maybe are considering like building a virtual team, but don't know how to start or where to start? What would be your suggestions to them? And of course, I'm always going to tell them you should go talk to 2XU if you want to actually start <laughs> doing this and, and work with you and the team. What would be your suggestions for people to think about if it's a, a good fit for them or what opportunities they might have to try and experiment in this space? I've said this for a lot of people. Remote work really isn't for everyone just because some people need that routine. Some people need having a flow. So the first one is to kind of see if you can handle it, if you can handle being remote and having to talk to people online. One of the things that I always ask, if you were coming in, I would say, Barry, like, what's your communication style? Are you someone who 
needs to, to have something written or you need or someone who needs to talk to your assistant every day because then we get you have to set up what works for you. And then it's then asking yourself, like, can the tools that I'm currently using be done online? Is there some benefit to having having to do it in person? Then it goes down to kind of testing it out. Like you never really will know if it's right for you if you don't really just go for it and, and start it out. There's a ton of resources, of course, plugging it in. There's my whole YouTube channel talking about how to do remote work with people online. It's going out and learning what works for you because what worked for me probably won't work for everyone else. Because for me, I chose to do the, the coaching route. I chose to do the empowering route. And some people, that's not their natural state. So start with where you're at. Start with seeing what would be the different ways that someone else could compliment you. One way that I always imagine assistants and clients going together is just like, whatever your weaknesses are, assistant empowers that. And whatever your weaknesses, they can help you start working on that or, or that's their strength. I guess it's a main one. It's looking for someone who can compliment you. And the only way you know how someone could compliment you is look, looking at what you're currently doing and then finding the pitfalls and the things that you miss and then finding a person who won't miss that. Well, I would only recommend anybody who's listening to the show, if you're thinking about, do you want need a virtual assistant, teams, writer, graphic designers, people who can help do parts of your business that you're struggling with, that you should definitely get in touch with Leanne and 2X students. <laughs> My word, they've changed my life. And I think I've learned a lot along the way. So Leanne, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing some of your experiences and lessons learned, not only as an entrepreneur, business builder, but also how to actually get this skills happening in remote work. And it's been a joy to work with you and your team. And I look forward to doing it for many years. Yeah, thank you so much, Barry. 